do that for me. <laughs> all right, live. It says we're live, but we're not actually live. So, um, all right. So here's what we're going to do. My name is Matt Weber. I'm a local real estate agent of EXP, and I started this podcast, What's Up Don't We Podcast, like 2018-ish, 2019, 2018, I think. Um, and we've done like 200 episodes, all kinds of cool people. And Billy Kramer was definitely one of those people. I think you were on episode 130-ish, something like that. Um, it was one of my favorites, though, Billy. And I appreciate it. Yeah, we've become friends since then. You live in my neighborhood, and so got all kinds of connections. And um, yeah, so really what I want to do is take this podcast. There's a lot of extra steps. So when I record a podcast, Billy, I'm going to act like I'm just talking to you. So okay. when I record a podcast, I normally record it on like a Monday and then it takes me like a week or two to actually edit the podcast. And then I have to like do an intro and it's just, it's a lot of extra work. And so what I'm hoping is the StreamYard app will be able to streamline everything, StreamYard, streamline, and um, be able to, you know, we can record this and put this into the groups. And those groups have gotten pretty big. I think it's like 6,001, 7,000 and that, another. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really know what to do with them at this point. So <laughs> if you're watching this in those groups, you might not know who I am. I'm the one that runs those groups. Um, it's a huge pain in the... Is that that sound effect that you wanted? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I don't, probably I don't a little more professional would be great. But yeah, there fine. you go. Womp, womp, womp. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get anything from the, from those groups really at this point, but, um, you know, I, I feel like they are powerful groups and I feel like a lot of other people get a lot from them. So what do you think, Billy? I agree. I think, uh, you're selling yourself short. Yeah. Um, I am fascinated to know if when you first started these groups, you thought like one day, 6,000 people. I had no idea would, what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's pretty cool. That's like, uh, I mean, the first day I opened for NFA, I sold three burgers. Yeah. So you just don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going you know on. What's going to happen. Never ran a restaurant before. So those three people probably really enjoyed those burgers though. Uh, you know, I have to go back and look at the three people and see if I can find them. <laughs> um, I love to, I love to know the product for my first pop-up at battle and brew back in April of 2018. The burgers are so much better today, whether you like them or not. Matt's, Matt's trying to hurt himself with his microphone. Yeah, smooth. I just ripped my microphone off. <laughs> anyway, just keep talking, okay? So the uh, the burgers on day one at my first pop-up um, are nowhere near as good as they are now. You might not like the burgers today, but I can tell you what I meant to make that first day is way better today than it was the first day we made them. Yeah. It turns out making burgers for a couple hundred people is way different than making burgers for your family. Yeah, I was listening to the old podcast that I recorded, and um, what was the problem with that? It was a bad grill, right? Or it was well, a, the grill, the grill wasn't bad. It, it just wasn't meant for um, for Billy's mass mass production of burgers. Right, right. And so the the grill, you know, if you're running a restaurant and you have servers taking orders, you're not making everything at once, really. And so you might make a burger, you might make uh, some nachos, you might make a chicken sandwich, right? So you're doing a variety of things. When you're just making burgers, you're just using one piece of equipment. And if that piece of equipment is not meant for that task, then it's going to be a really bad idea. Like when I opened and took over the cafe and the gas station, it came with a tabletop fryer. Now, I don't know anything about fryers, um, so it took about six months until like one of Atlanta's better chefs, best chefs, 
asked me how many tater tots I was making every Saturday. And I told him, and he said, yeah, you can't use that piece of equipment. It's not meant for that. And I was like, oh, okay. And so like the next day I went out and bought like the same fryer that Chick-fil-A uses. Yeah. And the first batch of tater tots I made, I was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. These yeah. are much better. Yeah. These are, <laughs> this is going to be a way easier way to do, to conduct business. Yeah. So just learning every day. And, you know, like you're, I mean, as a realtor, like you're nowhere near as, you know, green as you were the first day you, right. you know, you open the confidence comes with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, you're like, okay, I got this. Oh, you sold your first house. You're like, okay, I got this. Yeah. Right. So, you know, after the first three, the first day where I made three burgers, which uh, my sister tells a story about how no one in my family knew I had even opened the burger joint for like the first four (laughs) days. Well, I, I knew, I knew, I, I was really I, excited knew, about it, but I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, I didn't. I just showed up. It was like a Monday night, and um, I had been working for about a year and a half, and I was just like getting anxious. And um, we had just had Thanksgiving with the family, and um, it was like I think our first Thanksgiving without our father. And uh, and like so, like a week later, I was just, I said, I'm, I just told my wife, I said, I'm gonna go make burgers tomorrow. And I was really supposed to wait like a month and get some other things in the gas station and make sure it was all ready to go because I'm kind of a, I say, a perfectionist. Really? And uh, and um, and I was like, you know what? I just got to go make burgers. So yeah. I went and got the meat and all the stuff and just opened up. And three people bought burgers that yeah. day. And uh, that Saturday we had a hundred people in line. So it was. And that was all, and I would, I gotta tell you, it was because of what's up done with you, actually. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. That was when okay. I realized that I, we might actually have something with what's up done with you because I, at that point, I mean, we had done over 100 episodes, but you were the first one that reached out and you were like, I can actually use this. Like, this is actually beneficial because what's up done with you is just so hyper local. It is right. just for the community, you know? And didn't you have, I think you said you had a couple other options. You were gonna do like what now Atlanta and right. what were some so, of the other ones that I remember? So I have a, I have a career. My prior previous career was in advertising sales. And, um, and that's actually, um, how I got started in the burger stuff and the burger Instagram game was using my travels as a salesperson to find a topic, a subject matter that I enjoyed that I could then learn how to use social media. So, you know, if you, if you go to, um, you know, so it wasn't always about burgers. Well, no, it, I started that because of burgers, but I yeah. specifically decided, okay, the best Instagram accounts have a focus. You know, it could be memes, right? Which yeah. it could be a meme about anything, but it's still just memes um, or travel or pizza or whatever. And I decided I really love burgers. So when I would travel, I would start taking pictures of burgers and posting them. And that's how I built my Instagram account. But it was mostly to learn how to use social media. I had younger kids at the time, and I still have younger young kids, but they're just older now. Sassy um, and sweet. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Sassy and sweet. <laughs> um, so it was also to learn like, okay, my kids are going to be using Twitter. My kids are going to use Instagram. My kids are going are to be using Facebook in a, in a variety of ways that I don't typically consume those um, that media. And so I wanted to learn how to do it, and I had to find something I really enjoyed to make sure that um, I can learn how to do it properly. And so I started doing burgers and then I would, uh, say I was going to New York. I'd reach out to some New York burger people that I was following and say, Hey, I'm coming to New York. Do you want to go grab a burger? 
And they're like, yeah, sure. And I think the really interesting thing about Instagram was I found that it was the most genuine group of people that I met. Like when you look at their feed and you meet them, it matched up with who they were Yeah. rather than, you know, I think, and then that's not always the case. I just think it so happens. Like when you get these very hyper narrow uh, topics, subject matter, like pizza, like the guy who does Scott's pizza tours up in New York, um, he's been on Hulu. He has a documentary he has all this stuff. I picked up the phone and called him last week. I found his number and I called him and he answered the phone. He was riding his bike home. And if yeah. you watch the documentary, he talks about riding his, he rides his bike to and from work. And I caught him on his way home and we, we chatted and his personality matches the subject, like his passion for the subject matter. And so I found that like when I was traveling, I could go to any city and say, Hey, I'm in LA, let's go meet for a burger. And people are like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And it wasn't like some super scary thing. And, then, um, and with Instagram, you know, you're actually talking to that person. Most of the time you're talking to that person, you know, right. It, I mean, it's the easiest way. It's tough to find a phone number, but when you message somebody on Instagram, you're pretty sure it's them responding to you, you know? Yeah, I mean, you would hope. Company. You would yeah. hope. I mean, there's some nefarious characters out there. It'll get to them eventually. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, there are some people out there, some shady people, but the reality is if you're posting pictures about burgers every day and your face is in the picture, it's a really big stretch to make the long con of, right. of uh, all right, I finally, I've posted 500 photos of burgers and some of my pictures, and now I'm ready to scam somebody. Right. Um, and so, but I mean, I have learned, I have gone into these accounts to say, all right, how long has this person been posting? When's the last time they posted? Um, we're going to meet in a public space. So I'm good. Right. It's not like <laughs> somebody invited me over to their house for burgers. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Um, so I met all these people on Instagram and um, George Motes, who's uh, the world's most uh, like authority on burgers. He's written books and docu made documentaries. He had a TV show. He's been on uh, Fallon. Um, you know, my buddy Rev, Burger Beast in Miami, um, all the way across the country. Anytime I have a question about burgers, I want to chat about burgers. I just call these guys or text them or instant message them. And that's been the fun part of this is it really is a community. Um, there's a guy, Maddie's Patties in Anderson, South Carolina. He's newer to the game. When he has a question about, hey, what oil do you use in your fryer? I'm happy to have a conversation with him about it because yeah. somebody else had a conversation with me about it. Well, was this a long-term, was it a long-term goal? Were you planning on opening this burger shop? You know, when, when you started talking to all these people, I know you're, you know, traveling around for your advertising job, right. your profession. And then so, this was kind of a side thing. And that's kind of how it was for real estate with me. Like I had my restaurant, I'm very similar to you in many ways. Right. I had my restaurant and then I started doing, you know, the, the local media thing, the what's up done with thing, even like, as I was getting into real estate, even before I got into real estate, just because I knew that that's where the world was headed. You know, it's a social media world. Um, right. Like, was that, was that your plan to open a, a place eventually or no. a dream, I guess? It was not. When I first started my burger blog. You just love burgers that much, huh? Well, when I first started my burger blog in 2010, I had worked for a company that got bought out and I made a little money, not Trust me, nothing life changing, <laughs> life altering money, not enough to go buy a car, but right. enough to take like a month off <laughs> and um, and then go figure out what I wanted to do next. And you took and, a year off. Instead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, like three, three. Well, this is 2010. So three days later into my month off before I was going to go find another job, um, I was bored out of my mind. And so I did a Google search 
on Best Burgers in Atlanta. And I found a, I actually found a blog post written by a guy that I knew, which is very strange. And that was it. So I started going out and tweeting about burgers and then writing about burgers. And then I had this really cool blog. And then one day I accidentally deleted the whole blog and couldn't get it back. So that was cool. <laughs> and um, my wife just found out story Like my day. microphone falling off of its uh, stand right. here. Uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> so this was like, this was like, um, imagine something you really loved and you threw it into the Grand Canyon by accident. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm never getting that back. <laughs> you know, that was the thought. I was like, oh, that's really sad. Um, and then, but I would get infatuated with burgers and I would start reading books about how to open a, how to run a restaurant. And it was just a, it was just a way to keep me entertained. And then my wife said, you know, you're never opening a restaurant, right? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yeah, 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 no. She's like, because if, you know, you want a divorce, that's the quickest way to do it. Yeah. We know, everybody knows what that entails. Everybody knows right. that's a 50-hour-a-week thing, you know? Right. That's And I think the bigger challenge for her was she's the sweetest human on the planet. Like, she apologizes to inanimate objects for bumping into them. Yeah, I've met her. So, and that's not, that's a, that's true. So, um, but her, she had some experience. Her parents had run a business together. And she didn't want to be in the restaurant business. She did not. She's an amazing teacher, elementary yeah. school teacher, and has been for now for 28 years, I think. So she just didn't want to be a part of it. She saw from what her dad and her mom went through, owning their own store, retail shop, that she felt like if I opened it, it was going to require her to to spend more hours working instead of with the kids and you know, yeah. taking care of her job and things like that. And that's how it is. So, yeah. And, you know, so it's tough. I mean, you know, with the pizza place and the real estate, like your wife has a, your wife's a nurse, you know, it's, it's, um, it's hard, right? Like yeah. your wife, can't get the, your wife can't get in the car and go to Lawrenceville to help with the pizza place. Right. It's just not <laughs> happening. Um, Nor would she want to. Right. And that's <laughs> kind of the point, right? It's like my wife didn't just didn't want to be in the restaurant game. Yeah. In fact, um, some local restaurant operators came to me in like 2000 and it was actually it was right around then and maybe the summer of 2010 and asked me if I wanted to be a part of their restaurant. And I was like, no, my wife would kill me if I invested in your restaurant, like kill me, like yeah. she, she might do it. And, um, and then uh, as I just started being more, getting more passionate about burgers. And then one day, like probably 2016, I was just really miserable at work and decided to start, learning how to make burgers and it became like this game in my head and I've, I've told this story to you know many people but it became this game of you know as we discussed earlier i have a, a perfectionism issue um you wouldn't know it by looking at the garbage in my office behind me <laughs> i'm not i don't have a clean issue i, I think everybody that's tasted your burgers knows that right so. i have a, I have a, i don't have a cleaning problem i have a, a perfection problem anyway <laughs> so um it just became this game in my head of, okay, like I made a really good burger for myself. Could I make a really good burger for everybody? Like for my friends. And then they would come over and eat. And then I was like, okay, what makes my burger different? So I got to make seasoning. All right, what makes a perfect seasoning? And I would spend like hours at the Publix to the point where the guy, the general manager thought I was casing the place because I wasn't buying anything. I would just literally stare at spices <laughs> for like hours sit there and smelling yeah stuff. and then i walk over to the pickle aisle and i would look at all the different pickles and mount olive and vlasic and whatever the Publix brand and and then i'd go back to the spices and the guy was like are you okay sir i'm like yeah no i'm good man <laughs> and uh, 
And this went on for like hours. And I would do it over days. Anyway, but it became a game in my head of, um, all right, now I make burgers for my friends. And then I had a friend say to me, you know, my friend, uh, my wife can't eat other burgers. And I was like, oh, my God, did I do something wrong? You know, like, does she hate burgers now? <laughs> and she's like, no, she just really only likes your burger. And I was like, oh, my God, that's really amazing. Like, that was probably the best compliment I've ever received of any part of my career. And it wasn't about something I was doing professionally. No advertising, yeah. <laughs> right. It wasn't like you're the greatest salesperson of all time. It was <laughs> you make a burger that you don't make the thing you do really well, you don't make any money from. Yeah. Um, like great. So um just the game like it perpetuated in my head of like, okay, if I made a great burger for my friends, can I do it for a hundred people? If I did it for a hundred people, can I do it for a thousand? Can I do it every day? And if I did it every day, what would that look like in a restaurant? And how would I how would I make it, how would I create a system that I was just able to make sure I was consistent as possible without getting distracted by other things, you know, and, you know, like I've watched you with the real estate stuff, like when you're focusing, you're probably like really on target. And sometimes you, and now I mean, this may or may not be the case. I'm just, this is like an observation, right? Like you might get into, um, what was that streaming app? The, where we were all talking, you could talk to oh, clubhouse. Yeah. yeah I'm obsessed with that for a while. Right. You know, but like, you, you know, you go down these paths and um, it's really hard to get out of the path. Right. If you're, it's really hard to see whether it's helping you or not. Yeah. Um, I have the. And then you, I, you, you realize a year later how much it helped you, you know? Right. Right. It might've helped you a great deal or it may not have helped right. you at all. You don't really know. And I think I have the, um, having been in the professional world for, before I started the burger joint, it was 25 years. Like I kind of had figured out like what noise was and what noise, you know, what wasn't noise. Yeah. And so I was able to like formulate that in my head and say like, okay, if I made a burger, we're just going to do it very simple. Okay. We're not going to be everything to everybody. If you want to be everything to everybody, that's why Burger King is here. And that's why McDonald's is here. I'm not trying to be everything to everybody. I'm trying to do the thing I really like. When somebody comes in to buy a burger, I don't think they really, I, they don't have to understand it. I would like them to know that like the burger you're buying is the burger I make for myself. Yeah. Right. It's called Billy's classic. Not because I'm, you know, like some narcissist, but it's my burger. And if you want the burger that most people write about or talk about, that's the burger they're talking about. Right. That was the thing that I made in my kitchen. And that's the thing I made over and over. And that's the thing my friends came over and tried. And that's what I, that's why, you know, that's what I would really love for you to enjoy. Now, if you want to add some toppings to it or take some toppings off or slather and catch up on your own time, you can, but, um, you know, you can go to any restaurant and do those things. You know, like when you're at NFA, I want you to enjoy me. I want you to enjoy the experience for what I, what I'm trying to, um, share with you, yeah. not for what you perceive in your head. Like if you think a burger requires lettuce tomato and gobs and mayonnaise i have no problem with that you're just not getting it at an nfa and it's not yeah. because i don't like you it's because i don't think those things make a great burger and i'm not trying to be everything to everybody right and so but you've you know, got your one thing you know you hear people complain about like your burgers are too spicy i remember you mentioned that on the last podcast and yeah. that's no but there's if 99 people like it spicy that's fine <laughs> you know right. you can't make everybody happy and I was talking to, um, I don't want to mention these restaurant people I'm talking to, but another restaurant operator in Dunwoody, who I, I love their restaurant. I go all the time. 
In fact, I'm probably going to buy some food for my crew for lunch from there today. Um, he once shared his family recipe with, he didn't, well, the recipe is actually in a book, but he actually made some of this product for me. He said, Billy, I want you to try this. And I tasted it. And I was like, why isn't this, why aren't you doing this in the restaurant? He's like, because um, most people don't understand this is what authentic, this is what authentic is. Yeah. And they're not prepared for that. So I have to alter my recipe for the masses. And but that's what he chooses to do with his recipe. He's not trying to say, like, this is what this product is supposed to be like. He's saying, all right, I get it. You're not into this as much as I am. So I'm going to give you something that you're probably more accustomed to. And that's right. his that's his business model. But once a year, when he makes that homemade sauce, he gets me some. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but to your point, like, if you come into NFA and you like it, don't like a little kick, like, that's my seasoning. That's okay. You can get it without seasoning. Try less seasoning. Yeah. I will literally sit with you and make you burgers until we find a burger that makes you happy. And that's what always. And you will. I know you will. <laughs> yeah. And that's what frustrates me. So that you're referring to a guy named uh, Sid. I'm not going to shout out his last name, but Sid came in the first Friday. I think I was open. And he's like a Yelp elite, um, older guy, really sweet guy. And he tried the burger and he private messaged me and he said, Billy, it was really spicy. I said, all right, next time you come in, I'll make you one without seasoning. We'll get it right. He said, okay. He's been in every week since I opened. Yeah. Um, including COVID. He would, he would, every two weeks, he would sit out in the car and I would bring him his food even, you know, and so I'll, I want you to be happy. There's no restaurant owner who wants you to be unhappy, right? Like your pizza place, when somebody complains about something, it's so frustrating because they're either A, complaining about something you can fix or B, complaining about something that you're not. Right. Right. Oh, this isn't like Antico pizza. It's like, oh, what was your first clue? The fact that it's not Antico pizza. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> right. Or that it's completely different pizza. Like what was your, you know, and it's okay that you're not Antico pizza. Yeah. You're doing your pizza the way you want to do it. People should either enjoy it for what it is or go to Antico. It's okay. There's a lot. I mean, it's okay. You know, if there was only one way to make a burger, we wouldn't need all the different burger places. Right. You just have one burger place and we yeah. would all just be doing it. So, you know, if the guys over at Village want to offer turkey burgers and lettuce and tomato, that's how they want to run their business. And that's great. They enjoy that part of their business. They have a different idea about their business. I am more of about my burger and I want you to enjoy it. Um, if you don't enjoy it, I'm really I'm upset about it, but I'm not going to start making my burger the way you want it. Yeah. That's that's not what I'm doing here. Right. Um, I, when I was 25, I would have done that, but I'm 50, and now I just make the burger I like, and yeah. hope you enjoy it. And yeah. I think I've, I think through my travels and meeting people and talking to chefs, I think I've earned the right to under, to to understand to I'm gonna call it be an expert or an aficionado or whatever. But I think I've earned the right to. You're someone respect. people listen to. Yeah, yeah, I've earned the respect of. Hey, this guy knows he makes, this guy knows what a, a really good burger is and yeah. it may not be the burger I like, but it's okay. And you do it your way. And you know, I'm not the real estate agent that's going to wear a suit and tie and be all professional and stuff, but that might turn some people off. But at the same time, it attracts people more, you know, it attracts right. the people that you want to work with, like the people right. that you want to be your customer. Right. That's exactly right. And, um, I spent 25 years being for them, I wouldn't say miserable the whole time, but being miserable in my career and, 
you know, I remember um, my, I think it was my first, when I was working at 96 Rock, it was my first sales job back in 98. And I went home to change. I was doing a remote at a bar in Douglasville. And, um, you know, Douglasville is, you know, a little bit country and it's not suit and tie place. And so I went home and I changed into my 96 Rock shirt and some jeans and some sneakers. And I went back to the 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 uh, station they pick up some stickers and shirts and stuff and my boss saw me she's like billy what are you wearing so what do you mean i'm going to the remote in douglasville you can't come in here wearing you have to you have to wearing a shirt and tie when you come in here and i was like okay but i'm going to a remote i was like if i show up in a shirt and tie out there they're gonna kill me yeah <laughs> right it's not gonna look right <laughs> right i was like i get it but i'm just you know like it's okay like you gotta know who you're hanging with and what everybody's comfort level is. And I just learned over the years, like in wearing a shirt and tie never made me a sale. It never lost yeah. me a sale. Um, wearing sneakers to a meeting didn't get me any more or less respect. You know, I sold things. Right. And so like you sell a house, just be comfortable and talk to people and explain to people what they, you know, answer their questions and explain to them what your what your opinion is and what you're wearing is irrelevant you know now all these radio stations that i used to work at if you go in there they're all um, dressed casually yeah nobody's wearing a suit and tie at this point or like you know i mean you're going into a bar in a suit and tie to talk to a guy who doesn't own a suit and tie right you know like i own a, i own one suit and tie now you know somebody comes in that nice too yeah, it is oh, great. I mean, the uh, the cleaners up at Jet Ferry, they're not happy. But yeah, <laughs> they used to, used to do a good living off of my travel. Um, but, you know, like, look, I am who I am. And um, I'm the same genuine person, whether or not I'm wearing a suit and tie or I'm wearing a T-shirt and my NFA hat. So uh, that's, just, re that's reflected in your burgers, too, in your place. I think so. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I get. I get that about once a week. About once a week, I get the person who's like, "I don't understand why you don't do this." And I'm like, "It's okay. Like you don't have to. It's yeah. okay. There are eight billion people on the planet. I would love for all of them to come eat a burger. I'd be a rich man. But they're not all coming here, and they're not all going to like my burger. Just like I don't like every pizza. Yeah, you know, or, and I don't like every topping, and I don't. You know, it's okay to be unique, and and it's okay to not like my food." Yeah. Like people like some reviews are like, don't believe all the other reviews. It's like, well, those people liked it and you didn't like, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. And that's okay. Like uh, I always use the snack box bistro example. It's a Laotian restaurant in, um, in Doraville where the super H Mart is. My wife and I went there and since I started the restaurant, I'm way more adventurous on food, trying food. Yeah. Before nice. that, it was literally just burgers and fried chicken fingers and whatever. But now I'm way more adventurous because I've met and spoken to a lot of chefs and cooks and just, you know, just got a little more creative and trying to get more ideas for the restaurant. And so I went to, we went to Snackbox Bistro and the woman came by our table. She said, do you want to box that up? I barely ate. There was like this one dish I didn't like. And she said, I said, no, I'm okay. She was like, you didn't like it. I said, no, I didn't like it. That's okay. She's like, I'm going to take it off the bill. And I said, please don't. I said, you made this perfectly. I just don't like it. Yeah, that's the guy at okay. that other table loves it. <laughs> that's okay. Okay, like it's okay that I didn't like it. Okay, you made it perfectly. Yeah. So you know, when you 
you know, like, so I always use that as an example. I don't do Yelp reviews, but I would leave them five stars because they did what they did perfectly. They executed it perfectly. I just don't like it. And yeah. that's okay. Right. I went to a, a place, Costa Robles the other night. There was this one dish I didn't like. My wife loved it. It turns out I just don't like that dish. I loved everything else. It's an amazing place. Yeah. Um, so it's okay to not like things. It's disappointing when you go on Yelp and you know, you see with the, you know, the pizza place, you know, yeah. people like you get blasted every once in a while. But... Yeah. Like, Oh, this is the worst burger I ever had. No, it's the, you don't like it. Yeah. Okay. And you may, well, it might be the worst burger you ever had, but you just don't like smash burgers. Yeah. And that's and okay. if, a lot of the time you can go to their other Yelp reviews and they all look the same, you know, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, there are people, it's that you know, person. Yeah. There are other curmudgeons. Um, yeah you know, who just can't be happy. And I'm like, you know what? You don't seem to be happy when you eat out. Why don't you just not eat out yeah. and leave the restaurant out of whatever is going on in your personal life? Cause it's not fair. Um, you know, there a lot of restaurants don't care, but don't get on the ones that do. Like I care about my, I care. I want you to have a good time. There's not, I yeah. don't know a restaurant owner personally who wants their customer to have a poor experience. Yeah. I'm not in it for your $8. Right. Okay. I'm in it for your eight dollars every week for the rest of your life. I'm not in it for your one time eight dollar. Right. Like that's the what I've learned in sales. I mean, you know this. The hardest thing in sales is to get a customer. The easiest thing to do is lose them. Right. Right. And it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money to replace that customer. So if you think any restaurant is just trying to steal your eight dollars. So that, and then they'll get it back to the next guy. That's not how it works. We yeah. all want you to have a good time. We all want you to enjoy yourself. But my philosophy is this. If you want to tell Mark Zuckerberg and Google first, then, God, you know, Godspeed. If you want to talk to me, I'll, I'll make it right. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's all you can do. You know, somebody yeah. gets bad service or bad pizza, you know, make it free and then hope they come back. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, I, I actually listened to the old podcast and it just remember it reminded me like where you came from and like when you started, why you picked this Chevron? Why did you pick this Chevron? Oh man. Um and do you do you regret it at that point at this point? You know? No, I love it. Now, now that what are you three years in now? Three uh, years almost in? three years, December third. Yeah. So um and what are your next plans? So I'll so I'll answer I'll answer both questions. Um so uh, if you ever, I don't know if you're in my newsletter, um, yeah. my newsletter, but like I, I try and try and explain a lot about what happens in the restaurant industry because, you know, and, and a lot of it is based on the Dunwoody restaurant group, you know, it's, and it's not, I'm not blaming you for anything. I'm just saying like, when you go in there and you see things like I went to this restaurant and it was a 30 minute wait, but there were 10 open tables. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. They actually do know what they're doing. Okay, they don't have enough staff and they don't want to seat everybody at those 10 tables and then have everybody sitting there waiting for an hour for their food. Yeah. Right now, they wish they had more people working there, um, but it's not that they don't know what they're doing. They actually don't want to create a worse experience for you. Right. right? And so I feel like I use my newsletter a lot of times to, um, as one guy wrote, uh, rant and lecture, but it's more about transparency and education. Um. You know, it's about explaining how things work. So as it gets back to your question about the Chevron, one, I mean, as you and your family knows about the pizza place, when you sign a lease, um, 
it's not like an apartment lease, right? Like you're year to year and they run your credit and right. Right. <laughs> it's not like that. Um, you're, you're signing a personal guarantee. Like imagine if you signed an apartment lease for 10 years and if anything went wrong, they just had the right to go take all your money. Right. Like that, I think then people would understand what owning a restaurant was like. Yeah. So um, having had a sports uh, high school sports magazine that bankrupted our family, not technically, but pretty much uh, back in the 2000s, um, I learned I wasn't going to do that again to my family, especially in an industry that I really know nothing about. I read books. I talked to chefs. Um, I did pop up. So that doesn't mean you can run a restaurant. That's right. entirely anybody can make burgers for a day on a grill. Try making burgers on a day every day on a grill not running out of food and doing it consistently um, every time. That's hard. Yeah. Right. Like I used to do pop-ups going out and having a hundred burgers to sell and selling out and then going home is hard work, but it's, there's no downside really. Right. Um, but when you have a, a personal guarantee on a lease and COVID hits and, you know, there's no one coming into your restaurant and you're paying for 4,000 square feet, regardless of whether or not somebody's coming into your restaurant because the landlord doesn't care, right? They just want their money. And if you don't pay them that money, you're going to lose your house. Yeah. Right. Like that's stressful. So I didn't want to go through any of that stuff. Um, I met the owner of the gas station because a friend of mine, uh, Daryl Dollinger, who runs the franchise groups for um, Cineholic and Flying Biscuit. His office is across the street. And he had said, Billy, this cafe just opened in the gas station. You should go look at it. So I went in there and I looked at it and I had the burger and it was not good. And um, the guy, Sonny, the general manager now of the gas station said, well, what was wrong with it? I said, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a burger. Can I make you a burger? And he's like, yeah. So I went around <laughs> into the kitchen, into his kitchen. <laughs> and I didn't have my seasoning. I didn't have my equipment or anything. I just made him a burger. And I was like, is this better? He's like, yeah, it's, it's a lot better. But the reality is, is that they weren't restaurant people. They're convenience store, gas station people. Right. And that's a different way of running a business. So I wound up reaching out to the owner and uh, we chatted for months. And then one day he called me and said, Billy, we don't want to do the, the cafe anymore. He's like, well, you, do you want to take it over? And um, I, I said yes immediately, but in my mind, I was thinking, man, I'm in my late forties and I'm going to be a guy working in a gas station, making burgers. Starting something and, I was like, and that's not psychologically, that's a little, um, that's a barrier, right? When you're, you know, when you're 25, like, yeah, this is going to be my first of a thousand, right? I'm going to yeah. own the world, you know, but when you're 47, it's a little it, different. Yeah. You're like, okay, I don't have many more chances here to, you know, like if I go do this for a couple of years and it doesn't work, that's two years I'm out of the career that I used to have. Right. And then what am I going to do? And those are all the thoughts that kind of go through your mind. So yeah. um, the reason the gas, so, but I got over it pretty quickly. And that first day I opened, I was like, man, I loved it. I mean, I know I only sold three burgers, but I was like, okay, I can do this. That first Saturday almost put me out of business. Um, because we were such a, such a disaster. There are still people who won't come back. Yeah. Um, because they, they just remember like the trauma, my, even my cook who's worked Super Bowl Sundays and pizza places, which you, I mean, that's, that's game day, right? I mean, right, that, yeah. 
Right. You live for Super Bowl Sunday, right? Yeah. He's like, Billy, that was crazier than any Super Bowl Sunday I've ever worked because <laughs> we were just so unprepared. Yeah. Um, but we fixed it pretty quickly on the fly. Um, but I don't have a personal guarantee at the gas station. If it didn't work, I could walk away um, at any time. And, uh, but that's not what my goal was. I mean, my goal wasn't to fail. My goal was to succeed. I just knew I wasn't putting my family in harm's way. Yeah. Um, as a follow up, I know you, I think we both got to get going. I got a store to open and you got a, you got work to go to. Um, but as it relates to future locations, um, I'm still not going to get into a situation where I'm going to bankrupt my family if something goes wrong. Yeah. And so I'm very careful about what I'm doing and looking at, um, working on a partnership with a, another restaurant owner right now about doing a fun project. Um, I met with a broker, commercial broker the other day. And she said, Billy, what are the things that, why, why won't you open a second one? And I told her why. And one of the personal guarantee was one of them. She's like, well, Billy, that's just how things work. I said, well, but they work for different reasons. So a lot of restaurant owners don't want the personal guarantee because they're worried about, they're worried about similar things that I am, but they're also like, Oh, if I don't have a personal guarantee and it doesn't go well, I can get out of it. Right. And I said, that's not why I don't want a personal guarantee. I don't want a personal guarantee because if I die, I'm not leaving all that debt to my family. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm planning on succeeding. I'm not planning on investing a quarter of a million dollars in equipment to fail. Yeah. I think you've proven that you can succeed at this point. Maybe. I mean, here in this one specific situation, but, oh. uh, but I still, I don't take it for granted. I mean, today could be, today could be it, man. Yeah. Today could be the last day I sell a burger. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen today. I hope not, but I don't know. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know what's next. Uh, I, people have said like, you could open a lot of these. I'm like, you know what, man, I had, I was miserable for 25 years. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm in no hurry to be miserable again. I mean, That's you could open up, you could open up 10 pizza places. There's nothing stopping you. Yeah. But you guys are happy. Probably. You know, I don't know if you are happy, but I'm assuming. Yeah, no, I, and then, you know, working with the real estate clients that I work with is people that I like and yeah, I'm happy doing that. Right. So, yeah, so, I, mean, you I, could, I feel you. you and when you started up, you were. You could do the billboard thing and yeah. have brokers <laughs> underneath you and do whatever that is. Or you could sell houses on your own time, be with your family when you want. There you go. Um, go on a vacation. Um, do whatever you're doing to your floor in your house. Whatever yeah. that's going on with those trucks. Almost done, eventually. <laughs> and um, Every time you pass, I'm sure there's a different contractor. In the yeah. I'm there. like, I don't know what's going on in there. Do they still live there? <laughs> um, so, you know, but you can... You could be tied to the mythical dream, or you can be tied to happiness. And I had, I was tied to this. I have to work for venture capital. I have to get shares and I have to, I have to get the, I have to work for the face, my Facebook so that I can be a billionaire. And uh, it turns out I don't really care about any of that stuff. Yeah. Like I just don't, I'm so much happier now. And if I have a second one, awesome. If I don't, okay too it's okay yeah. I'll, it's okay i don't have you've, to be you've slowly worked into your longer hours and you know you're open yeah. on different days of the week now and i remember at the beginning you, you were open for what two hours every day two hours like 11 four days a 11 week. 30 to 2 30 you didn't you didn't have ketchup that was a was a million dollar upcharge yeah do you, do you have lettuce upcharge. i have you, it but it's still a million dollars do you have lettuce at this point no, no. So I, I had lettuce <laughs> when it first opened did you yeah. And here's what happens with lettuce and Wendy's just, it just happened to Wendy's. So, um, 
in the early, the first three months I opened, I had lettuce. There was a lettuce recall every other week. Yeah. Now try. try I remember that. That was, that was a weird time. (laughs) Yes. Try starting a business with $500 in your bank account. And like any misstep is like financial. You know? And so I was like, okay, I can't just throw food away every time somebody posts something about E. coli and lettuce. Yeah. Like I can't do that. I can't afford that. So I just got rid of it. And you know what? I don't, it doesn't make my burger any better. It just makes people feel like they're getting something, but I don't, it, I don't want it on there anyway. So, yeah. So, but Wendy's just had an E. coli breakout from uh, lettuce. Yeah. You know, but you know, that's a billion dollar company. They can withstand whatever is happening there. Chipotle had an E. coli, okay. I think with guacamole or something anyway. You know, those guys can withstand that. I'm a small guy, man. I can't afford to A, get the blowback and B, throw food away every day. Yeah. It's like you can't, you know, you can't do it in your restaurant. It's not, right. it's not feasible to just throw. You don't want people away. blasting you on certain, you know, Facebook groups and that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just say this. If you're going to, and I'll leave with this before we both go to work. Well, I, we also, I, the whole reason I had you on was to talk about your thing this weekend too. So don't forget. I that. know, but nobody's going to watch this by now. <laughs> I'll, I'll clip it. I'll clip it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm doing a pop-up with, uh, at the gas station on Sunday, September 18th with Robert Owens. He's the owner of Grand Champion Barbecue, which was a uh, Zagat rated barbecue joint. He's been a chef for 20 years. And um, we met actually through a customer service issue at Grand Champion. And I'll tell that story because um, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I had an issue. And I just reached out to him privately because out of respect for another owner, I said, hey, man, I just want you to know this is the experience I had. The next day, he showed up in NFA with food for my entire staff. And, move. and then I had gone into my credit cards for some reason and I'd had a refund. And I thought, that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. And I've done it. Yeah. I mean, I have done that before. And, um, and I was like, that's somebody that I should know. Like that's somebody who thinks about business the way I think about. So, uh, we've become friends, good friends. And, um, so he's going to be smoking brisket and, uh, we have corn, uh, flour tortillas made by Casa Robles, made by Laura, Oriana, I'm, I'm no, I butchered that name. I apologize, uh, Laura, but Laura Oriana Martin. Um, I can't roll my L's. Um, so there's she's supplying the uh, the flour tortillas, and it's gonna be eggs, hatch green chilies, and a side of uh, sassy of tots with sassy sauce, beef tallow fried tater tots. If you're the guy who hates beef tallow, Godspeed, but that's how we deep fire tater tots, yeah. Um, and there is a guy who, who hates beef towel. Um, so we're doing that Sunday, 10 to 12, and it's still sold out. So we have 100 orders. An order is two tacos and some tots. And uh, I don't, we could sell 10, we could sell 100, we could anger a lot of people. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen. I've never done anything like this, but uh, I love I, that you're doing it. I love that you're I teaming have, up with these other groups. Yeah, and, I like having fun. You did the breadwinner chili. I I don't know. Yeah. I, I like that you do that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I supporting other companies. These supporting are people, and, and in the you know in the restaurant group, you're always posting about other people's food, and it's just yeah. Mm, I mean, look, I can find endearing. something. I can find something to like at every restaurant. Yeah, I think one of the more frustrating things, and I'll leave it. I will leave with this, <laughs> is when somebody goes into the one of these Facebook groups and says, "I want some advice on where to go to do something." 
and somebody says, I don't like, and then I don't like that place. I hear the places I don't like, you know, you can take two seconds and build, build up the community. Right. Um, I don't like every piece of food at Los Hermanos. Okay. Miguel knows that I don't like every piece of food, but I, what I do like, I go there and I eat. Yeah. Or you can find something to eat at everywhere. You don't like the chicken salad at breadwinner. Great. Get the chili. You know, you don't like the tuna salad at 48th street. That's okay. Get a number 18 or whatever the numbers, whatever number you like. Right. You can find, you don't have to like everything everywhere you go. Yeah. You know, but if somebody asks for advice on something, try and try and listen to what they're asking for and, and, and give some positive reactions, give some positive um, comments on how to make it better. You know, not, I hate this. Okay, great. Uh, you don't like that. Tell me what you do like, because that's what I want to hear. Yeah. Okay? I don't want to hear what you don't like. And then that, that restaurant review group, it was funny because, you know, so many people have been like, do you take down the bad reviews? I'm like, no, I don't take down the bad reviews because, you know, that's everybody's, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Right. But if you're going to give a bad atten- opinion, just say something to the people that own the place. Or so, you know, a manager, something. Don't just leave the place and blast them on social media. It just drives me nuts. I think somebody once did a um, a live Facebook, not live, they weren't on video, but like a Facebook rant while they were at the restaurant. Yeah. It's like, whereas they could have taken that time to just right. talk to somebody. Yeah. Just go. and gotten their money back, probably. Right. Like I've gotten out of my seat before and said, hey, man, I need to talk to a manager. This is yeah. not going well. Okay. Like it's your money. Um, as I said before, no restaurant owner wants you to have a bad experience. We want you to enjoy yourself. If you don't get what you paid for, that offends us as a restaurant owner. It's not, we don't get excited. I don't go home and go, man, that guy hated his meal, but I got his eight bucks. Yeah. Like that, that is the stuff that drives me crazy because I want you to be happy. I want you to be made whole. If you went to a restaurant in order to steak medium rare and it came out well done, it's your prerogative to go home and complain about it. But wouldn't you rather have your steak made properly like that's yeah. what i would want <laughs> right oh I, I and i don't need a free steak you know like if you make my steak well done and i order a medium rare of course you're giving me my money back i didn't get the thing i ordered right but yeah. what i'd rather have is a medium rare steak yeah right so and the only way to do that is to, as you said talk to the owner talk to the manager you know the hostess who's 17 and senior in high school is probably not your best bet to customer satisfaction. Yeah. She's probably very sweet <laughs> and and helpful and nice. As helpful. I'm as not she scared can. of you, right? But she's not in charge. Yeah, you know. So, you know, neither is your server. So, enjoy yourself. Enjoy your restaurant. Really enjoy your restaurants for who they are, not for what you want them to be. And it's okay if you don't like what they are. It's okay. We yep. promise. We're it's okay. <laughs> That's what my wife. She always said, "It's okay." It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, buddy. It's um, yeah, it's been fun. Hopefully, right. hopefully, I've been recording this whole thing. Who knows? If not, we just had a good chat for like an hour. Yeah, this is what we do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now I don't know what Streamyard is going to do to make the editing of this any easier. Yeah, well, it might work. It might not work. This <laughs> this will be cool though. If it'll it'll just cut down a lot of extra work, and and I'll be able to get people story out faster. So, I think also what's cool about this is um, like when we did the podcast, I had to come into the uh, Georgetown yeah, the clubhouse, rack. which was not an ideal 
uh, <laughs> not in good repair at the time. With or without air conditioning. Right. And I think there were some other, some um, animal issues. Oh, there's a dead animal there. I do remember <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't want to, I didn't want to get that, that colorful. But, um, but the cool thing about this is I walked on my treadmill. Um, hi, Dr. Resnick. I had my physical last Monday. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you need to exercise a little more. So I bought a treadmill. And I did that. So I did that before um, before this. That's why I kind of look like a schlub. Yeah. And uh, But then I came and sat down in front of my phone. And you're at your house. And even though we're like, you know, a 16th of a mile apart. I know. <laughs> I could just walk uh, over there. Right. That I think this technology is really cool because it allows you to do more things like this. Also, I like the video aspect. Maybe not this morning. Yeah. The way I look. But, you know, the idea that... Um, you know, we could do something in the future where you're at home and I'm teaching people how to make a burger on video, you know, I mean, so there's a lot of possibilities here that can make it fun. And just trying something uh, new. There's a lot of colorful people. Like I would love to see you go talk to Charlie over at 48th street. Okay. And, uh, I've talked to his daughter before. I think I've never oh, she's really called. She's, col- she's very colorful. Andrew. Yeah. She's never been on the podcast. I, I tried to get her on. So, um, and if anybody's watching this and you have somebody that I should be interviewing or, you know, should be featuring. Yeah. Tell me. I mean, look, it's uh, Billy. You probably introduced me to a few different people that have been on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, look, if we're not having fun, like if I'm not, if we're not having fun, like this isn't a chore for me. Like we've been talking for an hour. I could, I mean, if I didn't have to open the store, I could do this all day. I don't this know. is how every call that I have with you goes. Though. Right. So, I mean, we could do that all the time, but <laughs> the, um, but it's just, I want to have fun. And if uh, you're negative Nelly and you're not going to enjoy yourself and you come to NFA, just stay home and yeah. do, or do something else. It's okay. Well, it's okay. And there's so many, there's so many positive things about Dunwoody that need to be told, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you're going to get there. Um, I think this is fun. So let me know. Cool. We, let me know. We can do it again. Um, if you want to come out Sunday, come see us for some smoked brisket tacos. I'll be there. And uh, you might find us smoking out back at some point with um with a bourbon, maybe. I'm just gonna, maybe. I don't know. I think this is going to be a regular thing. I think you're going to start picking up other people around the community and start doing a bunch of these. I think it'd be really cool. I've already got some ideas. Nice. All right. Man. All right, man. Talk to you later. See you, Matt. See you, Billy.